Shawty, what's all with y'all? Oh, hi. Coming to say you're lucky, fine. We got to cutting it off. It she know about the kid and fuck on my line. I'ma keep it up all with y'all. But Shawty, I'm trying to make you mine. Don't make it too easy, I wanna try. She looking too good, can't let it go by. Oh, yeah. Think I won the lotto. This slow mulatto. She could be a model. She wanna show me some. Think I won the lotto. Yeah, this slow mulatto. Alright, today's episode is gonna be a multi part one. The first time on the Lovecast that we have a multi part episode. We're gonna be discussing the NBA trade deadline. Obviously, it was absolutely crazy, and there's a lot for us to get into. For part one, me and Butsy are gonna be breaking down the bigger trades that went through. And then later on in the next parts, we're gonna end up doing winners and losers, as well as breaking down some of the smaller trades. We're gonna start at the top with the biggest trades and slowly work our way through. So let's get into it. All right, here with Butsy, the biggest trade deadline of all time. You think, Butts? If if not the, it's 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 top three. Yeah, I I the biggest one in my lifetime, or I guess our lifetime. I I don't I don't remember another one this big, right? I don't personally know. Yeah, and we also um we'll get right into it. I mean, with the KD thing, that kind of is overnight. You texted us at like two a.m. I was asleep, and you yeah. said. I think the text was you guys are going to be shocked when you wake up. I yeah, so up. I uh, go ahead. You know, I was just chilling. You know, it was like one a.m. and I was hanging with the roommates, and then all of a sudden it was like boom, fucking Katie to the Suns, and it was like one fifteen, and I'm like, this is fucking insane. One seventeen a.m., bro. Kevin Durant is on the Suns, and I let it ponder for an hour, and I was still freaked out about it. So then I said, God, you guys, I God, this is gonna be crazy for you guys when you wake up too. Yeah, so crazy. And, and, and the, I mean, I don't even know if there's another word to describe it. It is just fucking crazy what happened here. Um, the, the the experiment had to end, especially with Kyrie leaving. The experiment had to end. And I think the Nets did the right thing by getting rid of KD. I completely agree. I mean, the Nets are now bottom, bottom tier NBA team right now. Unfortunately, I know some people are saying they're going to be just all right. I'm not too sure about that. It's really hard to plug and play like you saw Utah overachieve this year with a bunch of, um, you know, mid tier players and like role players that kind of were all put together and never played together. And they bubbled out for lack of a better term. They started off pretty strong. Then they kind of faded out. Now they're like bottom of the West. That's going to happen to Brooklyn. Unfortunately, I really do think that these guys have never really played together and you're putting in a bunch of role players together in a team that doesn't really make sense. Um, as for KD on the move, I was listening to Bill Simmons part one. His reaction was, we don't see players of Kevin Durant's caliber get traded ever. And he's the, the last guy to do it was Shaq in 04 was what he said. Uh, Bill Simmons is a historian. I, I trust what I, I didn't go back and look at it, but um, I would agree that Shaq in 04 is probably <laughs> the last time. Um, I mean, you can argue James Harden. He's not on the same level as Kevin Durant. LeBron has never no, been no, traded. No, no. Yeah, LeBron's never been traded. We've never seen like a a Steph trade. We've never seen anyone like this. Anything like Giannis this. trade, anything like Giannis that. Giannis trade. Yeah. Nothing like this has ever happened. It's absolutely bonkers. Um does this make the Suns the favorite in the West right now, Butsy? Yeah, you know, I think it has to. Um and and another thing I want to say about the trade that is definitely not going to go overlooked, but definitely gets overlooked in all of this is TJ Warren, the addition of TJ Warren for the Suns. Yes. That's a big addition, especially when you're replacing Gali Mikhail, uh, Mikhail Bridges or um, 
we'll say rid of Jay Crowder and then Cam Johnson as well. Like yeah. I think TJ Warren can fit into that role perfectly. I know he's a little older, but uh, we've seen that he is capable. I mean, the thing is too, I was watching the JJ Redick podcast the other day. Mm-hmm. Any NBA ca- uh, player is capable of cooking any NBA player. That's just like yeah. how good the NBA is. But I think TJ Warren could definitely be serviceable on this uh, Suns team. But um, I mean, their starting five is fucking ridiculous. It's CP3, D-Book, Kevin Durant, TJ Warren, DeAndre Ayton. I mean, that is a horrifying starting five for any team in the West. If they can maintain health uh, going into the postseason, if they're fully healthy in the postseason, I don't see a team stopping them. 100% agree. The only other team that I actually believe can kind of compete with them, um, other than Denver, I think Denver, I mean, their team just isn't as talented as the Suns, but so far, I mean, the Denver has just been awesome. The other team is the Clippers. The Clippers the Clippers and the Suns and the Lakers, all three of those teams won this trade deadline. The Clippers act are right up there. I think if that Suns trade didn't happen with KD, the Clippers win it. Um, we'll get into Clippers a little bit later. They did phenomenal. Um, they are now a much scarier team. Um, just to go over the what happened in the trade, um, the Suns received Kevin Durant and TJ Warren in a 2028 pick swap. The Nets received uh, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, four unprotected first, and a 2028 pick swap. So this kind of started off this chain from then of all these insane trades. I counted out so far in our list, we have, I believe, 16 trades. Um, I think I'm missing one, and I think it's the Kessler Edwards trade from Sacramento to Brooklyn, or rather Brooklyn to Sacramento for cash. Um, I didn't really put that in there. Um, but other than that, there was around 20 trades this entire deadline. Um, three, I think, before that KD trade. Absolutely fucking nuts. Um, I I I'm just shocked that this is how it went down. Um, I if this is the new norm, then <laughs> holy fuck buckle up the nba's them like the i was just talking about this with my roommate the nba has changed entirely overnight yeah you know it had the league has completely shifted overnight and you know all of these trades on here there's, there's 16 of them on the on our list and they're all worthy of talking about like yeah. they are all definitely uh key pieces of teams that have moved um one of the clippers that uh, the clippers trade that i really like is is the bones highland trade Dude, um that was a bones highland Gave up Bones Highland for a 24 and 25 second round pick. That's what the Nuggets got in return. And honestly, I, I think that's robbery. I think Bones Highland is an incredible uh, player. And honestly, they just upgraded. They got rid of John Wall. He's on Houston now. He's getting bought out by Houston, right? Or waived. Yeah. He got waived by Houston or something like that. Uh, he, I think he's about to be bought out, but I'm not. That, that hasn't been official yet. That's the plan, I guess. And I think the plan is to buy out Westbrook as well, but we'll get into that trade in a minute. But yeah. this, this, addition of literally just swapping out John Wall for Bones Highland. I mean, having a backup point guard or even a starting point guard is, is, I mean, he's lethal. That guy is fucking so fun to watch and he's really good and really talented. Um, I really like what the Clippers did. I think the Clippers can absolutely contend for a title if they stay healthy as well. Um, but I mean, the, the whole, the West just got a lot, a lot better. Yeah. So let's stay with the Clippers. The Clippers actually swapped out John Wall for Eric Gordon. Um, mm, and the yes. trade itself was, this one was actually a really interesting trade for a couple of reasons, but first let's get into the trade itself. Eric Gordon um, goes to the Clippers, Danny, alongside Danny Green and three second round picks. Houston receives John Wall, and the Grizzlies receive Luke Kennard. The reason this is such an interesting trade is one, Eric Gordon is still very, very good, and he's going to be really good with the Clippers. So now the Clippers basically turned 
a bunch of picks and John Wall into um, Eric Gordon and Bones Highland, both very good players and who are going to be very good for them. And then the Grizzlies got Luke Kennard for Danny Green, who was injured. He just came back. He wasn't really doing too much. Luke Kennard is exactly what the Grizzlies need. They need shooting. That's their biggest weakness. Luke Luke Kennard is one of the best shooters in the entire NBA. Um, That's an A-plus trade for the Grizzlies for sure. I kind of wish they did a little bit more, maybe tried to get OG Ananobi, but for what they did, that's an A-plus move, honestly. Um, And you can't be too mad at it. That's really, really good depth for them. Um, They needed shooting. Houston, like you said, I think they're going to buy out John Wall, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, Moving forward, the thing that started off the whole, like, so the first thing that went off right after we got done recording was the Russ trade. So let's go into that. Um, the Lakers received D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley. The Jazz received Juan Toscano Anderson, Russell Westbrook, who will be bought out. Damian Jones, a lightly protected 2027 Lakers first round pick. And then Minnesota receives Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker and picks. This is an A a plus trade for the Lakers who somehow managed to get fucking Jared Vanderbilt, who this, who I wanted the Celtics to get for really nothing. And they get addition by subtraction by getting rid of Russ. And they got Malik Beasley, who's very good. I like him a lot. And they only gave up one of those really important first round picks. What the hell is going on there? Yeah, the Lakers, uh, they, they did something. Um, I and I and I'll be the first to admit I was wrong. Uh, we talked on the show about how nothing was going to happen. This trade deadline is going to be boring. And then literally we get done finish recording and the rush trade goes through and then the fucking KD trade. And then now all these other dominoes are falling. Um, but this trade for the Lakers makes them really good. Gives them a lot of depth too. Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley, uh, like you alluded to earlier, are really, really good. And they're very uh, solid role players that I definitely think we'll see a lot of valuable minutes on this Lakers roster for the rest of the season. But again, you know, and I hate to say this, but it's, it's health. It comes down to health again. If AD can stay healthy, this team is definitely geared to make a championship run. Do I think they're a uh, favorite in the West right now? No. Behind like the Lake, um, behind the Clippers, the Suns, obviously, and the Nuggets and the Grizzlies as well. I think that they're still behind them. Well, make a run too with that. Mavericks make a run too. Yeah, all these teams are really exciting, but I don't love D'Lo. We talked about this on the show the other day. I'm not a huge D'Lo fan. I'm not going to buy into D'Lo that much. Yet, um, he just seems to be kind of just like I said this after I said this to one of my roommates. I said he's just kind of a worse, uh, worse version, like a much, much, much worse version of Luca. You know, they kind of play the same, they're slow, methodical, but Luca gets to his spots way better, can score way better, can pass way better. And Delo just kind of does what Delo wants. It's kind of weird. He doesn't really seem to have a ton of, um, like competitive drive when he plays, if that makes any sense. Like, he doesn't yeah. really seem to play that hard. And obviously, we know the Lakers, when they get down, they fold like a piece of paper. So it'll be interesting to see if it'll be interesting to see how they play. I'm, I'm excited to watch this team. Um, obviously, fuck the Lakers, but uh, this was definitely a very, very good move for them, mainly because of Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley. I think yeah. D'Lo is D'Lo. You're going to get what you're going to get, but those two pieces are absolutely huge for them. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Not only did they do that, and they did not give up that pick, or they only gave up one pick, which is really good. They also made a trade later in the day where they traded Mo or they they traded Patrick Beverly, who's most likely going to be bought out in a future second, um, and and then they got Mo Bamba. Oh, they also uh, traded some cash considerations for Mo Bamba, 
this is a great trade. I know people are low on Mobamba. He plays on a very big, heavy team, and that's why he's not getting a lot of playing time. He's going to be really good as now their big depth is Jared Vanderbilt, Anthony Davis, Mobamba, and Wenyan Gabriel. Um, yeah, I mean, it, that was a great pickup for them. The other shout one, out Wenyan. Shout out Wenyan. Yeah, shout out Wenyan. He's from our hometown. Um, also, the other one that the, that was associated with the Lakers was they moved Thomas Bryant, who I guess requested a trade after Vanderbilt was bought in, and they traded him to Denver for Davon Reed and three second-round picks. Um, this is a good trade for Denver because they got um, the, what they needed the most, in my opinion, which was a backup big. Um, I hated those DeAndre Jordan minutes, so getting a backup big in there is always really good and a really serviceable one. I really like Thomas Bryant a lot. I think he's underrated. Um, he did choose not to sign with the Celtics, so that kind of sucks, but no matter what, um, he's a really good fucking player, so good addition for Denver. The reason that I think they did that bone trade is to re-up those second-round picks that they lost, and I think those second-round picks they got are more valuable. I still hate that bone trade for them. That is, I They had to have been able to get something better for him, but Nonetheless, they do get a better big. What do you think about this trade? Yeah, no, I, I think you you hit the uh, nail on the head there. It gives the Nuggets a backup center for when Jokic comes off the floor for a little bit. Um, we've seen that when Jokic has come off the floor for the Nuggets all season, they have been horrible with him not on the floor and then tremendous with him on the floor. Giving Thomas Bryant uh, some valuable minutes when Jokic needs a, needs a rest is huge for this team. Uh, I also think this can... I'm not that Jokic is going to get hurt, but it just like it gives him the option to not play as many minutes now. Mm. Um, and, I, and I wonder how they'll use Thomas Bryant if they're going to switch up the rotation and give him more minutes and and maybe take away some of Joker's minutes. Um, that'll be interesting to see. But yeah, Thomas Bryant, very, very solid big. Um, that's definitely going to bring a lot of value to this Nuggets team. Yeah, I completely agree with that one. Um, the next trade, this one might have been other than the. There's a lot of trades that I actually really liked. Um, first off, there was one. Um, hold on, let me count it out real quick. One, two, three, or one four team. Um, three and four. So there was four three team trades and one four team trade, and then there was three players that got traded twice in a day. <laughs> so it was Kevin Knox got traded to the Warriors and then back to. I think, I think to wait, he got traded to the Warriors and then to like, um, I don't know where he ended up, but he got traded twice. And then yeah, that, um, guy, that guy, that guy's going everywhere, but he stinks. I know he, I was so high on him after that summer league performance and he just has not been looking good. And then Svi Mikhailchuk got traded twice. I think he was originally going, um, to i believe let me find it real quick on our notes here he was he was originally going to the blazers he got resent to the charlotte um and then there was oh jay crowder got traded twice he got traded to the nets and then got sent to the bucks um that's sort of a natural progression here um jay crowder let's talk about that pick this trade originally was jay crowder for five second round picks to the nets however um, some new stuff got added on. I think the final trade as of now is the Bucks receive Jay Crowder. The Nets receive five second round picks. The Pacers receive David Nuora, Serge Ibaka, who they waived, George Hill, and then two second round picks. Butsy, how did you feel about this trade in general? Uh, I, I, I like it for both sides, really. I think the Nets get obviously a ton of picks that can be valuable later in the future. 
Um, you know, the Nets are looking at like a 10 year rebuild yeah. window now, uh, which is kind of unfortunate because they have well, they were in that for a while after the whole, um, you know, KG and Paul Pierce debacle. And now they're they're right back to where they started after having title hopes pretty much the entire first half of the season. Um, but for the Bucks, they get Jay Crowder. Uh, Jay Crowder has kind of overvalued himself for a very, very long time now. Um, but he's still a one of the premier three and D guys in the NBA. He plays incredible defense, uh, which the Bucks are known for. Obviously, their defense is incredible. He's only gonna add to that. Uh, and as well as a three-point threat, um, a consistent three-point threat as well. Um, he always seems to kill the Celtics in the playoffs. Uh, he, he, I don't know why he just hits like three threes a game yeah. against us. So, um, Jay Crowder is definitely going to be a valuable asset to the Bucks. Um, I want to see his minutes. I want to see how much he plays. Obviously, they're very deep. The Bucks are obviously very, very deep, good team. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how his minutes uh, get monitored. Yeah, to me, I think uh, Jay Crowder kind of got overvalued um, by the public as well. He hasn't played in a year. He's been sitting out. Um due to his contract or well, just wanting to be traded from the Suns, I don't really understand why people think that automatically putting in like a, however old he is, he's in his late or mid mid thirties. I think um, player just inserting him into a lineup is automatically he's 32. So I guess he's a little bit younger than I, than I thought, but still um, it's a guy who hasn't played <laughs> in a, in all year. Um, I don't know how inserting him immediately into a lineup, uh, and a team that's trying to contend is going to be super, uh, like is going to do be super important for them. But he might end up being really good. I'm not really sure. Um, I honestly saw this trade coming. I didn't see it for five second round picks. That's absolutely ridiculous. Plus, George, I think they overpaid. Honestly, George Hill is a contributor for the Bucks. So giving up him, David Nwora, and then five second round picks is a lot. Um, but I mean, they got who they've been after all year was Jay Crowder. So, I mean, it could be like what you said. Um, and yeah, we just don't really know with him, but yeah, still kind of a weird trade in my opinion. Um, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I forgot to mention this earlier. I feel really bad for Pat Bev. Uh, it's going to be one of the only times that I ever say this, but after the D'Lo trade, yeah, uh, Pat Bev like posted the picture, like gangs back together or something like that. And it was, uh, picture of Pat Bev and D'Lo and then all of a sudden within like 10 hours or whatever it was uh Pat Bev got traded and now he's gonna be bought out so poor Pat Bev I don't give a shit I I really don't like Pat Bev he's one of my least favorite athletes especially after he went on um like whatever show he's on and was talking shit about Chris Pat Bev show well it was like before that podcast no it was before that it was like when he was on like NBA game time or whatever like when his team was sitting um when Minnesota was out of the playoffs after their really big celebration um and chris paul was still playing and pat bev was talking all this shit about chris paul and he always tries to hurt people i don't like pat bev at all um and i actually really liked that he got traded and he also tweeted out that like damn Woj has been in the gym he's been like outclassing shams or something and then shams the one that broke his news broke the news shams, that, is, shams has had a fucking all-time performance that, yeah you know, shams was the one that broke broke the pat bev news right after which is pretty funny that he's the shams one that, is, shams the man Shams the man, the Riz God. Um, yeah, Riz so God, Pat, dude. Pat Bev, I don't know where he goes. I don't really give a shit. Um, there's one trade that we haven't talked about yet that I this was one of my favorite trades, and that is the Josh Hart trade. Um, the trade itself is Josh Hart to the Knicks. The Blazers receive Cam Reddish, uh, Savi Mikilchuk, Ryan Arsidinano, Arsidina, Arsidicano, maybe I don't know. That's a really try Archie Diacono. 
RC, wow, is that really what it is? Ryan Archidiacono. Wow. Okay. RC Archidiacono. Fucking Archie Archidiacono went to so Nova. You're, you're Italian. You're Italian. You can do the Italian names. No, 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 no. I I am not. I am not Italian. I just watch way too much basketball. So you have like I think you have like an Italian flag in your house or something. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not Italian. I wish I was Italian. That'd be pretty cool though. But okay. yeah, well, Archie Diacono. With a bunch of Italians. You guys. True. That's true. Say. I I know I can do Svi Mikhailchuk because I'm fucking Polish and he's Ukrainian. So yeah. See, me. I would never get that name. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah. So Ryan, say his last name again, butts. Archie Diacono. And a future first and a 2023 lottery protected first that turns into four seconds if the protection hits. Um, I fucking love this trade. Josh Hart, former Nova t- teammate of Jalen Brunson. I'm a big Josh Hart guy. I really and Archie Diacono. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I love. Wait, he's not going to the Knicks. He's going to the Blazers. Oh, Archie Diacono played on Nova with those two. Oh, he did. Oh, he did. I didn't even know that. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, yes. Well, yes. So, anyways. I'm very excited to see him reunited with Jalen Brunson. Um, and I think this was a great trade for the Knicks as well as the Blazers. The Blazers get uh, Cam Reddish, who I really like as well. He's just been fucking buried on um, on uh, Tibbs' bench. So I think it's a win-win for both teams. I like the trade a lot. How do you feel about this trade? I think it's a good trade for both sides. I really do. Um, but the thing was, Josh Hart got traded mid-game. Which always yeah. it always hurts to see always those pictures coming up, uh, and I saw a bunch of people saying Josh Hart was like an essential part of uh, the Portland community, and he's always been like a good guy doing charity work and all that stuff. So it's gonna be you know you can't replace that, but at the end of the day, the Blazers did get a, a definitely a very good package for him. Um, but whenever someone gets traded mid game, that's always a tough look. You know, everyone's on their phones like. Yeah. picture of Dame being like, what the fuck, after looking at his phone, looking at Josh Hart. So uh, the trade's tough, uh, but at the end of the day, it's a good trade for both sides, I think. Um, I think Josh Hart can provide value to the Knicks. I just don't think that that does much for them. when it. I think it solidifies them as a playoff team, maybe. Uh, Josh Hart obviously started on the Blazers, uh, played, some, played, played pretty well throughout the season so far, um, and I, I think that he can help the Knicks be a solid playoff team, but uh, definitely doesn't. No, no jaw dropping, no eye opening uh, revelations with the Knicks here. They're still going to be the Knicks at the end of the day. Very fair. Um, moving over to the next kind of big trade that happened. This one was really weird. I didn't get this one at all. Um, Toronto, who we everyone and their mom thought was going to be a seller, somehow ended up being a buyer at the deadline. OG Ananobi did not go anywhere. Although someone on my Twitter, um, I was going like talking to a bunch of people on Twitter. Um, and one guy was saying that the trade went through and happened, and it was OG Ananobi to the Warriors. And then another guy said that the trade happened and that Woj announced it and then deleted the tweet. Um, he also said it might have been a fake Woj account that said that, but I, w- I was I I think I tweeted out that I was expecting OG to the to the Warriors. I kept texting you guys to prepare for that because everyone was telling me that that was going to happen. So I was really happy that it did not happen. Um, I was surprised to see that the Raptors instead of selling picked up Jakob Pertl, um, the guy that they drafted originally. The trade itself, Toronto receives Jakob Pertl. The Spurs receive Ken Birch, a protected 2024 first-round pick, a twenty and a 2023 and 2025 second-round pick. Um, weird fucking trade. I don't know what uh, Toronto's doing. They just added another big guy. I don't know really what weird. they're doing. Very weird trade. Uh, Toronto... 
Toronto's in a tough spot because honestly, I think they should have tried to get rid of Van Vliet and try to get rid of OG, uh, and and kind of start that rebuilding process. Especially if you wanted around Siakam, or we alluded to last podcast, Scotty Barnes. Uh, those are obviously two key pieces that I think they should have at, like should absolutely keep, and that they should have looked to build around. I mean, they did get some picks, but at the end of the day, like they they should have done more, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But they didn't. But um, we were talking about the Warriors earlier. They got Gary Payton the third back. Yeah. They did. Uh, which I think is, or was it the second or the third? I think it's the third. Is third, the third. The third. Yeah. Yeah, he's the third. Uh that is a huge pickup for them. Yeah. Getting him back is is absolutely massive. He um played a ton of really, really important minutes last year in the playoffs, especially in the finals. His defense is unbelievable. His offense was a little questionable last year, uh, but I think he's kind of hammered some of those kinks out. He would make a lot of mistakes, uh, a lot of turnovers, a couple of missed layups. But I think that, you know, he he definitely helps this Warriors team more than he hurts them. Uh, especially with Steph out, that kind of keeping he can help keep this team afloat until he gets back. And then when he comes back, he can be a really, really valuable role player like he was all last year during their finals run. So I think the Warriors, I didn't mention their name in West Contenders earlier, but they are still definitely very, very much here. Yeah, so the war the trade that Butsy's alluding to is what I call the Matisse Thibel trade. Uh, the Trailblazers receive Matisse Thibel, Sixers receive Jalen McDaniels, and um, New York. Wait, no, that's not actually not the trade that you're alluding to. How how do they end up getting? Oh, that's what it is. The James Wiseman trade is actually yes, what... the Wiseman trade. Sorry, it, I, it's been a crazy day. Um, okay, the James Wiseman trade. Uh, the Hawks receive Sadiq Bay. The Pistons receive James Wiseman. The Warriors receive Gary Payton III. And the Trailblazers receive Kevin Knox and five second-round picks. What a fucking trade. Um, this is one. This is the one four-team trade we had today. Um, three of the teams, the trade made sense. The fourth one did not make sense. The Trailblazers getting basically five second-round picks for this and then giving up Gary Payton III. Kind of weird. They got Kevin Knox, but Kevin Knox has been traded I think over five times in, in his career. Uh, he's been so, so kind of, he's been so mid. Yeah, uh, very weird. The Hawks receiving Sadiq Bay. I don't. I don't really get this for them. They have a bunch of wings. I don't know why they're adding another lanky wing so, to go along with um, DeAndre Hunter and fucking you know like Trey Young, John Collins, and yeah, yeah. They just got a bunch of like lanky guys that are you know wing heavy. It's just I don't understand what they're doing. Um, but the Pistons with James Wiseman, I love that for the, for the Pistons. Um, that gives them a nice little project who, and a guy like the Warriors just, I know I said, like, if you fail in the Warriors system, that kind of says a lot about you as a player. But to me, I think you can also get, um, it's hard to be a rookie who has played barely any games. I don't know if you guys remember, but obviously James Wiseman coming out of Memphis was injured and had played like, I think three games in Memphis before he got drafted. So I mean, it's not his fault that he hasn't played really any basketball games. I think he's under 60 games in his NBA career so far. And to put that into perspective, there's like guys that are in their first um, or second season that have played 60 plus games. So, I mean, like he's in a he's got he's got a lot of growth to do. And I think this is a great spot for him. The ideal spot to kind of harness James Wiseman. They they know how to work with young players. And I'm really excited to see what he does there. Um and yeah, what did you think about James Wiseman to the Pistons? Yeah, uh, it's a good project for him, especially a team where they're kind of all a bunch of projects right now. Uh, Kate Cunningham is probably their 
biggest asset that they have who kind of has solidified has solidified himself the most in this league, I think. Obviously, I think he's out the rest of the season. Right? Yeah, I think. Yep. Yeah, Cade's out the rest of the season. Jaden Ivey's been playing well. Jalen Duran's playing well. Uh, they're definitely a team, a bunch of projects. But if this works out, they could turn out to be really good. Um, one thing that I want to say about all of these second round picks flying around crazy. is it's crazy because I think they're getting more and more valuable as the years go on because guys are getting much and much better. Yeah, like the league we've just seen continually just keeps getting better. And if you have fucking five second round picks, there's a really good chance that one of those picks can turn into an all star caliber player, not yeah. all star an essential role player on a championship roster. But um, going back to Sadiq Bay a little bit, like he's great and he's going to be good for the Hawks, but I think he would be much more valuable somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, 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 like on a contending team, I think he could bring a lot more to the table rather than to the Hawks, uh, which is why I don't really get why you would want Sadiq Bay if you're the Hawks in this situation. Um, yeah, it's- it didn't really make a ton of sense to me. Yeah, it's weird. And uh, just one point about the second round picks, like just to name some guys that are this coming up, if you're a college fan that you definitely know of that are projected to be second round picks, Drew Timmy, Oscar Shibway are both projected to be second round picks. Those guys are the two, two of some of the best players in basketball right now or in college basketball right now. Um, and they're projected to be second round picks. Those are guys that your team could fucking pick up with all these picks that are going around. So you're totally right. These picks have value. It's crazy to see that um, <clears throat> teams are trading five and four of them for some mid-tier guys. Um, real quick, let's talk about two more trades before we wrap it up for to end part one. The first one, we don't have to go super in-depth on. I already let it slip. Matisse Thibel to the Trailblazers. Sixers receive Jalen McDaniels. New York Knicks um, 2024 second-round pick via Portland. Portland's 2029 second-round pick. This one is kind of funny. Charlotte receives uh, Svi Mikhailchuk the 2023 second round pick, but it's its own pick from Philly. So Philly traded Charlotte. It's pick back basically. Um, and yeah, just wanted to talk about this one because Jalen McDaniels is a good, a good addition for the Sixers, but Matisse Thibel to the Blazers is awesome. I really like that pickup for them. They get much needed defense without hindering their offense because the reason that the Blazers kind of are tough is because their offense is really high end, but they have really bad defense. Um, Matisse Thibel is perfect for that. He's buried on the Sixers right now, which sucks because I am a Matisse Thibel like fan. Obviously, he has no offensive ability, but putting him on the Blazers, he doesn't need offensive ability. He can let Anthony Simons cook. He can let Dame cook, and then just defend um, all those spots that those guys let up as you know weak spots. So I really like this trade for the Trail Blazers. Uh, how did you feel about that one? I don't know if I'm as high as uh, uh, on Matisse as you are. Just I think there's a reason that he's getting kind of benched, not benched, but he's just kind of buried on the bench on the Sixers right now. Yeah. He doesn't have a ton of offensive ability. Um, zero. He has zero offensive ability. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of offensive ability. He can definitely provide some defense for this team, but and he's going to make them, I think, a little better. But overall, uh, I, I don't think one guy can fix an entire uh, defense on his own, and especially if he's coming in giving little to no offensive production. It's going to be tough to play him. Yeah, it he's is. gonna be tough to play anywhere. That I mean, he's actually gonna be really tough to play anywhere. He he needs to get some kind of bag, some kind of skill, uh, in order to survive for the next you know three plus years. Yeah, very fair. Um, okay, one final trade before we end part one, and this one is one we probably should have talked about a little bit earlier, but we got sidetracked. 
I mean, and this is crazy, but like we could take each one of these trades and do a whole fucking episode on. I know just we, one of the trades. We really could. I'm trying. Like, so much fucking happened today. That's why there's gonna be multiple parts to this ep to this episode. Um, okay. Final trade that we're gonna talk about today. Uh, in this part, Mason Plumley, the Clippers. This is why I'm saying they. If the Suns didn't get KD, the Clippers won this this trade deadline. They got. Eric Gordon, Bones Highland, Danny Green, Mason Plumley. Uh, so the trade is Clippers receive Mason Plumley. Charlotte receives Reggie Jackson, who will be bought out in a 2028 second round pick. That's a steal. Kind of upset that the Celtics didn't actually get Mason Plumley if that's what the going price was. But um, nonetheless, Clippers get a great backup center for Ivaka Zubac. Zubac, who's been playing really well, but his play has diminished as he's gotten more minutes. He's publicly asked for less minutes. He's um he's talked about being tired. This is the perfect trade for them to fix that. Uh, that's an A-plus for the Clippers. How did you feel about that one? Yeah, the Clippers really are definitely one of the big winners in this trade deadline. Um, adding the depth, is, is, especially when you're trying to make a run at a title, is is absolutely essential. Uh, injuries happen. Zubats obviously publicly asking for less minutes. It's clear that he's tired. It's clear that he needed a backup, and and they just got one. That's definitely going to be very very serviceable when he goes in the game. Um, I'm a fan of what the Clippers are doing. I'm a fan of uh, of what a lot of teams are doing in this trade deadline. I don't see a ton of massive losers across the board. I'm not looking at this trade like, you know, this trade deadline saying, "Wow, this team got a ton worse," and and they kind of lost um even the yeah. nets offloading everybody they still have a ton of future prospects and a ton of future picks that can definitely help turn the franchise around within the next 10 or so years um obviously 10 years is a far far way away and a lot can happen between then but overall for the clippers they're definitely one of the big winners adding this adding a key backup center is is huge for them couldn't agree more that's going to do it for part one of the Lovecast NBA trade deadline special. Trade a Palooza. Trade a Palooza. Um, very good. Thank you for coming on, Butsy. Uh, stay tuned for part two. I think there might even be a part three. So stay tuned if there is part three. Um, yeah, we're going to be back very soon talking about the rest of the trades. We're going to be talking winners and losers, um, a bunch of stuff, buyout candidates, um, anything you can think of alongside this trade deadline. So, it was a big fucking day, Butsy. There's still a lot to go. Um, thank you for coming on and stay tuned for part two. Yeah. This little mulatto, yeah. you could be a model